Well, hello everyone. My name is Jo and I'm one of the pastors here at Hunter Bible Church and I am here with David. Hello, Jo. How David you doing? Moore. I'm well, thank you. And you? I'm good. I'm excited for tonight. This will be good. You are excited. <laughs> it's good. It's good. Uh, so tonight we're here to discuss the Trinity. I'm really looking forward to it. We're digging deep into uh, thinking about our God who is one being and three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Dave is laughing because I'm trying to get it really right. <laughs> but before we get started, before we get uh, really deep into it, why don't I pray? God, we're here tonight to learn to love you more and to ultimately have a better understanding of who you are as a person. Um, we pray as a God, and we pray that you would help us. Uh, please teach us, and yeah, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so firstly, before we get into talking to David, we would like to invite you to participate. Throw your questions in the comments feed at, in YouTube, and we would love to try and answer some of those questions. Well, Dave is going to answer them and I, <laughs> interact I, about them. I'm, I'm now starting to realise, I'm trying to think through this idea going, so we're actually inviting lots of questions <laughs> on the Trinity to answer. Yeah. Why did I say yes to this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, we're looking forward to uh, hearing from you, any comments you might make, and uh, we will get to them pretty soon. But before we get into the content, mm. Dave, yes. there might be people watching who don't know you. Oh, and so our question, <laughs> our question I have for you is, for people who don't know Dave, he really likes to get to know other people. And you like to ask questions. And what happens is you, you go forward like this and you get really excited. <laughs> this is because in the lead up to this, uh, my MTS trainee, Pally, was sitting here for the camera shot pretending to be me. And <laughs> I just... quite convincing. Yeah, I know, I was a bit shocked. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm curious, like, what is going through your head when you're getting to know someone? You're even doing it right now, oh, like leaning forward. I'm interested. Like, yes. Um, uh, what I, when I'm talking to people... Oh, I think uh, when I... Okay, there was one time I was as a young man, maybe 18 years old, and um, I was talking to the pastor at my church at the time, yeah. and I would spend loads of time with him, and I'd go and talk to him about this, talk to him about this, that sort of thing. And one day, he was probably had lots of stuff going on in life, and I had no idea what was going on with him. And, uh, and I'm just talking about all this stuff, and I said, oh, and this and this type of thing, and he stopped me, and he, he looked me in the eye, and he said, Dave... Not every conversation needs to be about you. <laughs> and I went to wisdom for the ages. <laughs> and he turned around, walked out the door, and shut the door. <laughs> like it was, it was the best thing for me. And I think it was a really turning point. Going, oh, and I think it made me think about empathy. And so I, I'm actually really, I really want to know what other people feel. Think and feel. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. I really want to put myself in their shoes and go, what must be going through their mind. Um, because interesting, yeah, and I, I mean, the whole part of that is that whenever I I do that, I go, man, I'd be tempted to sin in all these ways if I were you. Are you tempted <laughs> to sin like this. that? We have discussed <laughs> this before. You and I both think the same way. In that yeah. One. Yeah. Okay. All right. That helps me to know you better, and I hope it helps everyone else to get to know Dave a little bit better. You are going to find him deeply curious about you when you talk about, talk about <laughs> that's a high standard. Now everyone's going to be know me. <laughs> anyway, let's get started. Sure. Firstly. How do we approach this question? We've got the Trinity. It's a huge topic. It's yeah. a big topic. How do we dive in? Well, uh, how are you feeling about looking oh. at the Trinity? Well, I'm a bit nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I was reading. I was reading through the notes earlier, and I was just thinking, ooh, yes. 
Okay. It goes in, it goes out again. It goes yeah, in, right. It goes out again. Yeah. And, and I retain it, but it's, yeah, I, it's, it's always a wrestle to retain in a way that I really feel confident. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, right. Yeah, so, we found a weak spot for me. <laughs> so, I think one of the things with the Trinity is that people often assume it's. Um, it's one of the one of the things that Christians believe. All these things I believe as a Christian, and one of the things, kind of like an appendix at the end, mm. is and there's this thing that I believe that God is three in one. It's just over there. Yeah, it's this other thing mm. that exists, and so I can look at things like justification. I can look at things like the cross. I can look at things like salvation and sin and creation and all those things, and I can wrap my heads around them and. Um, yeah, this is thing, and I suppose that's important. Other people tell me it's important. It just is, and it feels like it's this other thing. Mm. Um, and so we can treat it like that. Um, and so the illustration I use for thinking about it is that's kind of like standing outside at night, looking up at the stars and going, seeing all the millions of stars and going, wow, the universe is so far away. The universe is just so far away. And that, wouldn't it be amazing to be part of the universe, that type of thing, to be out there? Because it assumes it's something out there. But in if you zoom out from the earth, what you realise is that the earth is actually in the midst of this massive universe. And that's, that's the Trinity, right? So you're arguing essentially that when we look at the Trinity, we should actually engage with it as a much more close-up, intimate experience? Is that what you're trying to say? Or, yeah, or it's... understanding it from how much it affects us as a bedrock thing? Or... Yeah, it's uh, the... Uh... When you, look, when you look at the Trinity and when you look at God and you realise the, you look at the role that, um, that God being, uh, one being and three persons, the role that plays with everything else that we believe, you under, what you start to see is it underpins everything else. It's actually part of the fabric of our faith. Yes. So as we, as we trust in God for salvation, that God is triune mm. is actually instrumental to our salvation. That you that we come to God with our sin and and, and hope in grace. God's grace um, is dependent on God being triune. Mm. So the Trinity is actually it underpins all this. Stuff. It's, it's the fabric of our faith that we that we live in and breathe, and pray and hope in and all that type of stuff. And so it's not an appendix out there. It's actually something something that lives at the foundation of everything. Mm. So that when we understand it when we not you don't understand the trinity you don't uh, when we dive into it we realize that we're actually digging into all the things that we believe as yeah. christians yeah yeah i'm just going to stop you you just said we don't understand the trinity yeah. what are you trying to get at just then because <laughs> um, that's quite a big statement yeah uh i think we want to hold to the idea that there is a mystery to to god uh, there is a mystery to God, not in a sense he can't be known because he's made himself known. Mm. Um, but as we talk about God, God, um, uh, we can't test God in the same way we do with science and experiments, that type of thing, that we can't apply it to test God. We, he reveals himself to us. And as he reveals himself to us, we take that on faith. And so, and we get to points where we go, that is amazing. And how does that happen? What are the mechanics of that? That's why I think that's why I think that's the mystery. There's a there's a mysterious, wonderful element to it, not a secretive. It's not a secret mystery. It's a yes. mis mysterious, wonderful thing, a yes. romantic mystery. Yes. Okay. All right. So for us, as we start thinking about this topic, just to bring us from where we've begun, yeah. you're essentially saying this is core. Yeah. This is. Um, 
we're engaging in some of the deepest and most wonderful truths yeah. about our existence because it's about our God and knowing him in a real way. Yeah. And he's revealed himself to us. Mm. And so that's what we're engaging in tonight, yeah. core stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. So... Are you encouraged? I am. <laughs> like you happy yeah. to keep going? It's good. <laughs> it's not stopping right now. Okay. <laughs> no, let's get into our original question. We're going yep. back. How are we meant to move from knowing it's foundational into really understanding the the big picture of the Trinity as we engage with the bigger picture? Yeah. Well, this is yeah. This is similar. This is similar to one of the questions that people have, which is, well, hang on. If the word Trinity isn't in the Bible, if I can't. If you can't show me a verse that says God is three beings and one, oh my goodness. One being in three persons? Okay, I'm just going to finish now. Yeah, we're done. Okay. Now, if God is uh, three persons, one being, if you can't show me a verse, then, you know, why? Yeah. Uh, and so um, I've completely lost my train of thought because I said three persons, three, three beings. That's you just terrible. about how we're approaching this. Yes. Yeah. So um, w- the way we approach it isn't. Like we could go to every verse that talks about that God and show that that Jesus claims to be God and what Jesus does aligns with what God does. We could look at all those, those verses and that would be a helpful thing to do and I highly encourage it. Um, but I think the way we do it, and actually the way the early church, the way the early church came to this is through worship. Oh, okay. So what they found themselves doing as Christians, as, as, the, as Jews realised that Jesus is the Messiah, they worshipped him, hmm. and we see it in the in the New Testament that the disciples worshipped Jesus as he's raised from the dead, um, uh, and in their songs they worship him. So they find themselves holding on to this one idea that they're worshiping one God, hmm. and they also find themselves worshiping the Father and worshiping Christ. Hmm. And so um, that brings them to this point where. Uh, th- I think this will work for us as well. We find ourselves in our prayers, praying to the Father through the Son in the Spirit. We're encouraged to call on the Son for salvation, depend on the Spirit for these things. We're doing all these things, and yet we're saying there's one God. Mm. And, yet... and that would have been quite a shift for people who had been Jew- who were Jews, yeah. who had only ever worshipped Yahweh, yeah. one God, yeah. turned to see Jesus die, resurrect and ascend, mm. that would have been a big shift? Yeah, huge, saying? absolutely yeah. massive. So this is the same God who says in the, in the Ten Commandments, make no image, bow down to no other image, something. Yeah. And now they're bowing down to the risen Lord, Lord Jesus. Yeah, Lord Jesus. Yeah. And so uh, what, what, how do they do that? Like there's, there's this crisis in Judaism at that point going, how do we deal with this? But not only that, it's also the Roman world. So as the message of Jesus went out, you've got all these pagan religions that had multiple gods. Mm. And so now they're taking on the Jewish Messiah. And so they're taking on this idea that there is one God. And so Mm. Paul goes to the Areopagus in Acts 17 and he says, "Uh, there is one God. And he's appointed the man, man Jesus, to judge the world. And so you've got these, um, you've got these pagan nations, for want a better word, of these other religions, and they are becoming Christians, and they're trying to reconcile this thing. So we worship one God, and yet we also worship Jesus and the Father and the Spirit. How does that work? Yeah, how does that work? And so, um, but that's the way we get into it. So I think coming out of history back to us, I think the, the simple thing for us as Christians is we recognise the, um, the, the trust, the reliance we have 
we go, I trust in God as my father. I trust in Jesus to pay for my sins. I mm. trust in the spirit mm. to change me and mm. move me. This is, what the, this, this is what the scriptures tell me to do. Yes. And so as I do that, all we're asking, the question about the Trinity is asking, how do we do that? Yeah. So you're, you are then saying that what you just described, that coming to God, how do we come to God? Mm. That's what you've used to describe the word. That's what you've meant to with worship. Yes. So you said the word worship many times. Yes. But can we just get a nice description? Yeah, let's do a theology of worship. Worship is yeah. not big at all. <laughs> not a big question. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so worship is the uh, is uh, coming to God with everything. Uh, so not it's not what I'm talking about singing particularly. That singing is part of it. Mm. But it's coming. Um, uh, we live for the uh, the one whom you live for mm. is your God. That's that's mm. worship. The one you trust in, rely on. That's the your one, God. Yeah. yeah. The one you praise and yeah. live for. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we're coming at this like the early church, yeah. wanting to um, to love God, to live for God. Yeah. And, and we want to treat him as he reveals himself to us in the scripture. We want to yes. praise him and pray to him and that sort yes. of thing. So from the very early times, you had the early church. Um, we've got hymns from the very early church and yeah, um, even bits like, uh, you know, Philippians 2. So you look at the end of Philippians 2. Uh, I think it's verse 11. Every time you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Yeah, yeah. So um, from verse Philippians 2, verse Nine. Nine to eleven, you've got this very early. What's what? What most scholars will say is an early hymn that Paul's referring to, and Philippians is really early. And so, uh, from verse nine, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name. And yet, in the Old Testament, giving the one who has the name above every name is Yahweh. Is Yahweh, yeah. Uh, and that that name, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And in the Old Testament. Everyone in heaven and earth and under the earth, they only bow to Yahweh. And the God of Israel. Yeah, yeah. and every tongue acknowledges that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the word Lord there is the same word that gets translated for the Old Testament, for the word Almighty Lord, to the glory of God the Father. And so in verse 11, you've got this little picture of a very early Christian hymn that's praising Jesus as Yahweh to the glory of the Father. And so the early church, what they're doing is going, this is what we've got and it saves us. This is, this is our hope. Let's, let's get this right. Yes. Yeah. And so they spend 500 years, would you say, yeah, wrestling yeah. that out? Just together. a little bit of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So for those people, let's not assume date. We're yes. thinking Jesus died uh, AD 33. Yep, around there. Yeah. And so we're heading into the next couple of hundred years. Yep. We're thinking about what those early Christians were doing to mm. wrestle out as they came to certain verses like this. Yeah what it was the truth and how they did that. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're trying to do. So they're trying to go, um, we, we want to hold on to the oneness of God. Uh, so we're, we're very clear that the, the Bible's really clear that, that God's one. Uh, and so, in fact, let's just have a look at that uh, a little bit. Um, so uh, you've got places like uh, Revelation 4.11 uh, that goes, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honour and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. You've got this idea that there is one God who created all things, right? Um, and uh, I'm trying to think, you've got other places that where Jesus is really clear. Jesus even says there's, there's one God. Um, oh, so James chapter 2 verse 19, uh, where James is talking to uh, the churches there. 
Chapter 2, verse 19. James 2, verse 19. Yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Oh, did you say one or two? Anyway. Right. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, um, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that. And shudder. I love that verse. <laughs> uh, so the, the New Testament is really clear that there's one God. Um, and so we don't want to take away from that. We want to be really clear that there's one God. And yet we don't want to dismiss that we, um, the relationship that we see in the New Testament mm. between the Father mm. and the Son and the, the Spirit, the Spirit and the Father. We want to hold all those things. Mm. So I'm thinking about holding all those things together. Are mm. there particular um, questions that the early church used to wrestle with? For mm. instance, like who is our saviour? Mm. Who's with us? Yeah. Well, um, the, well really, the, they were all subsidiary, for the early church's mind, they were all subsidiary to the idea of worship. So the one you worship is the one who saves and the one we trust and the one we pray to and we praise. Yep. That's who you worship. So they were, the early church had a great view of of worship Uh, and so uh, what they were doing was uh, they were all parts of that idea yeah so yeah 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 okay all right (laughs) so we've got to work out um so yes there's a problem that's that's really where it starts that that it's the early church problem and it should be our problem as well like it's actually it's a good problem to have it's a good wrestle yeah essentially yeah okay so it was said, and I think you referenced it earlier, yeah. that the church might have invented the Trinity. We're saying, well, no, we no. need to be more careful in our reading here of the Bible. We need yeah. to go deeper. Yeah, they wanted to talk about the uh, talk about the Trinity really clearly and well. Okay. Yeah. So what did they come up with? Yeah. <laughs> Let's just go straight. Yes. So uh, I, they did come up with a couple of things. So we'll kind of fast forward a little bit. They come up with... Uh, a very simple idea, I suppose. Uh, but what they want to say that God is one being yep. and three persons. So this is what we we're kind of talking before. Um, and this is really helpful. I think in a lot of Christian songs and as Christians talk, we talk about three in one or the God who is one in three. Yes, you shocked me on the phone earlier today. <laughs> what did I say? To me, it's not good enough to just say God is three in one. And I thought... Oh. It's not good enough. That's right. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Yeah, so the, the issue is if you just say, if that's all you say, that God is three in, sorry, yeah, three in one or one in three, is that three what in what? Yes. Like what, what, what threeness are we talking about? What oneness are we talking about? And so, um, and so what we're, when we're saying it, we're really taking a shorthand version of the early church's sh- shorthand version. So their shorthand version was three persons, one being. Okay. One being, three persons. So their idea for being, the word being for them, um, uh, was the, um, the, the thing of God, the substance of God, the what of God. That's what they were, were talking about. The nature? The nature of God, yeah. Okay. What is God? Mm-hmm. God is one thing. Mm-hmm. You can't divide God apart. You can't, you can't say there are two things that are God. You can only have one God. If you have more than two things that are God, then you're going against the idea that there's one God. You have to have one thing. So that's, that's, a, that's the nature idea, one being. Yep. And then they kind of coined the term, if you like, person. Um, and the, the, the word person in, in, in Greek and Latin kind of refers to face. Personos, that type of thing. Presence? Yeah, yeah, that type of thing. And all those things, they don't really work in English particularly well. (laughs) Um, And person can be too individual for English as well. But the idea is it's, um, you could say one 
speaker, maybe? One, one, mm. yeah. It's clunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what they ended up doing, they took a word and they just said, we're going to use this word to mean this now. Yeah. And so that's what we're they said. We're owning said. that word. That's right. We're just changing what it means and we're going to mean this. They, they kind of defined it. And so there are three persons. That means uh, three... Um, uh, oh, this is where I've got to be careful on words. Um, three <laughs> who's, if you like. Yeah. So okay. three... Um, uh, Distinct? Uh, the persons are distinct. Yes. Yes, but the being is not. That's right. Yeah. So they want to, we want to say things about the um, the persons, persons. And we'll, that are not of the being. Yes. And we want to say things of the being that are not of the persons. Yes. Um, so as we engage about the idea of what is a person, you're saying it's the who. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Can you give us a bit more. Um, an addressee, someone you can address, mm -hmm. um, someone who has who uh, who loves. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, so, for example, we see the Father love the Son and the Son um, send the Spirit and the Spirit grieves and the yeah. Father and the Spirit and that sort of thing. So the, the, um, there's a person, I don't want to say personality because that means something else means in English. Else, yeah. yeah, there's a personhood. Identity? Identity, yeah, that can work. Okay. Um, to those, uh, to the person. So there's a relationship between them uh, and so we want to we hold those things. That's what they're trying to say by per person there are three persons yeah but one being mm. and they keep wanting to reiterate that again and again yeah. and again yeah, yeah that's right yeah and they came to what we would say is quite good clarity yes like this yeah thing. well this yeah this is good so the, the part of the reason it took so long is because they kept pointing out mistakes along the way yes. so uh we're actually quite thankful to god for heresies because heresies are <laughs> <laughs> That sounds terrible, doesn't it? <laughs> we should have had the heresy belts. No. Uh, we could have rung it early. Um, so as people came up with ideas, going, oh, so maybe as we worship God, the one God, and we've got Jesus and the Spirit and the Father, maybe it's like this. And so, like, so a classic heresy is is um, is modalism. modalism. So modalism is the idea that there is one God mm -hmm. and one person. Mm -hmm. Right, and so it's the idea that um, the one God was one person, and He just changed His appearance to us. He changed His mode of appearance to us throughout the Bible, mm -hmm. and so that kind of is the idea that in the Old Testament we had God was the Father to us. We mm -hmm. met we met Him as Yahweh, mm -hmm. um, and in the New Testament that same God, different mode, different mode. <laughs> yeah, yep, that's right. Transformed and became Jesus the Christ. Mm -hmm. And then after the resurrection, the mode changed to the spirit. spirit. So it's one God and one being, one person throughout mm -hmm. um, that just changed its mode. Okay. I'm just going to stop you yep. because I think we're rushing ahead a bit. Oh, I think okay. we need to go back to, they said that there was one being, yep. three persons. Yeah. Where'd they find that in the Bible? Uh, oh, okay. So, good question. Need to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so partly it is. Uh, so you've got the, in the Old Testament. So you've got Deuteronomy chapter four, verse chapter six, verse four. Six, verse four. We'll come back to modalism. It's going to be good. We'll come back to modalism. <laughs> that, that, that's a... That's we'll address it. We'll address it. <laughs> Joe's coming back to modalism. I've, uh, so, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Uh, and so this is this classic, um, classic verse about the oneness of God, there being one being. Um, Isaiah 44, verse 6. If you want to quickly jump there. We've got 
Nino on uh, on laptop. Thanks, Nino, for getting us the verses. Uh, I don't know if they're the right ones or not, but... <laughs> 44 verse 6, did you say? 44 verse 6, that's right. Isaiah 44 verse 6. Okay. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Mm. All right, so um, we want to... Yeah, so that's the idea that there's one God. Mm -hmm. um, and however, in the Old Testament, we do get those Glitches. questions. Yeah, so even in Genesis... Um, and we're talking questions of... You just said... Did you just say questions? Um, we get um, hints, hints, suggestions. Glimpses. Okay, yeah. that's right with that word. Sorry, I realised no, no. maybe we're using different words. Um, as, as God creates um, the world... Genesis 2. Yeah. Um, he says, let us make man in our image. Let, um, and the us there is really odd like it's not a not a mistranslation you mean 126 Genesis yes 126? 126 let us make mankind in our image in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals yeah over all the creatures that move along the ground yeah so that god says let us he mm. uses a plural mm. at the very beginning of the bible very deliberate yeah mm. um that uh, that it starts with um now the earth was formless and empty sorry chapter chapter one verse two the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so what is happening here? Now, I don't think the Old Testament is trying to give us the whole picture. What it's trying to set us up for Jesus to like come. Like a foreshadowing? Yeah, hmm. that's right. Okay. And so when Jesus comes along, um, so does that kind of answer the question about the oneness? Yes, yeah. but, but what about three persons as well? Yeah, so I think uh, the... We want to say that there are three persons because we want to say, we want to hold on to the Bible's account of uh, as, as the Bible reveals to us the son relationship with the father and the, uh, the, the father's relationship with the son and the spirit and the son's relationship with the spirit. So a really great place to see this is in John 17. Ah, John. Yeah. We just did this in Manuscript Discovery. Oh, you're not I supposed to tell it. them. Well, oh, the cat was out of the bag the other week. <laughs> we all knew it. That's right. John, I it. Where is John? Here we go. So, yeah, oh, oh, good. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> John 17. So in John 17, we get this marvellous chapter where Jesus is about to be arrested and crucified and he prays to his father mm. and he lets his disciples in on the prayer. And so we're, we're allowed to listen to this intimate, intimate conversation between the eternal son and the eternal father. And he talks about... Um, uh, I'm looking for verse 5. So chapters, John 17, verse 5. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Mm. So here is the incarnate son talking to his eternal father and saying, before the world began, before Genesis 1, verse 1, I shared glory with you in eternity past mm. now at that point you we can't say there's two gods no we've got to hold on to the idea there's one god yeah. but we have to say there's two persons mm. we have to say there's there's an individuality mm. that's going on there so in some so we have to we have to take jesus at his word here and say um before the creation of the world 
the eternal son um, was in a relationship with the father they loved each other they were in a union together that's what he goes on to say the love and the, the glory that they shared together um, so the persons were there. So uh, where do we see the person, the spirit? I think, uh, I can't remember the verse, maybe someone in the comments can tell us um, uh, where it's come from, where the Holy Spirit's grieved. Um, and I think it's Galatians, but I can't remember. So if someone could tell us that. So we see the Holy Spirit grieved. There's a, the, the spirit isn't just a force. I think a lot of time mm. we get caught in the idea that the Holy Spirit is just like the force from Star And this is where Wars it gets caught up saying it for the spirit yeah. when really it's definitely he. Yeah, mm. yeah. And so he, the spirit, is grieved as we, mm. as we sin. Mm. Uh, and the spirit longs and yearns. So Romans chapter 8, we, as we cry out, Abba, Father, mm. uh, it's the spirit within us that's it's crying yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, so that's where we get the idea of the person. So uh, there's distinct who's. Yeah. So for people listening on to our conversation, yeah. you would say to get deeper into this idea of one being, mm. three persons, spending some time in John, mm. where else would they go if, if they were really trying to dig deep into this? Go uh, back to these verses. Anything else that you'd recommend or a way of approaching? I think, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, I think... One of the ways to do it is try to keep lots of the Bible in your head. Mm. So um, we want to be good exegetes of the Bible, where we start and we work through something, we work out what's the argument here and what's the thing trying to say. And we also want to be good, good thinkers. Yeah, thinkers. So as we as we see, this part of the Bible is telling me this, yeah. and yet what other part of the Bible talks about that? Mm. Actually, this part of the Bible talks about it, but that says something slightly different. And so I want to think those two things together, not because I want to show God off and say, oh, look, God, you don't have the same thing in mind. That well, doesn't fit. Yeah, what we're actually doing is going, God, show me how these two fit. Yeah, okay. And that's where we come from. What about if you're a person who, as you were saying, you've got to be good thinkers of the Bible. Mm. They're thinking, but I'm not. Mm. How, do you get, how do you work that muscle, Dave? Oh, well, I, I just want to, I don't want to agree with them. I want to say they are. Ah, that, uh, pushing back. Yeah, yeah. So... Uh, so this is one thing, because the Trinity under, uh, underlies everything that all the other things, I would say that if, you, if you've got something in your Trinity thinking that is not right, yeah. I think that will show up in your beliefs. Yeah, okay. So that you believe something shows that you actually, underneath all that, actually have a preconceived idea about how God works. Okay. And so I want to say, well, uh, maybe another way of thinking of it is, how does salvation fit? How are you saved? Yeah. Why is God gracious? Yeah. Let's think into that. Yeah. And very soon people start going, well, God's, gracious, God's graciousness is shown by sending his son. Oh, his son. Tell me about that. There's the Trinity. Yeah. Right there. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. So okay. what do you mean? With, yeah. So you're essentially arguing... Practicing accounting for truths in the Bible mm. and going back into thinking about, well, what do I know of God here and how he's at work yeah. in salvation, for instance? Yeah, and I think this is where the best way to do theology is in community. Yeah, okay. So Wrestling together. Yeah, this is, I, um, I'm always nervous of the person who says, I've been spending six months thinking about this on my own. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. That's slightly dangerous. You want people to be wrestling and see the Spirit working in both. Yeah. Or many. Yeah, and and uh, the way the way that God God's brought us into a community mm. together, mm. and He uses the Spirit within one another to sharpen each other. So, um, going through uh, through church and through mm. through college, and even now, um, 
uh, like as as we'll go to prepare Bible studies or sermons, that type of thing, I'll so often be going, hey, um, what do you think? Joe, this is what I'm <laughs> thinking for this sermon this week. I'm kind of, I'm pitching here and have you yeah. go, really, Dave? Oh, I, I rarely say <laughs> But that, that you get the opportunity to. And you invite it. Yeah, that's right. That's and, then, and then I, I can go, no, no, I really think it does. And that I have to explain it to. And then I hear myself saying it and I go, yeah, that's yeah. a long bow, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's jump to Sorry. some YouTube questions and comments. Ooh. Thank you so much for sending your comments and questions through. Emma Allen. Love you, girl. Um, she's been saying, this is meaty, and she's loving it, which I'm thankful oh, cool. for. Uh, Rochelle and Beck have given us the do not grieve the spirit verse. Ephesians 4, verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. There it is. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much, girls. And we have a question from Beck Taylor. Thanks, Beck, for sending this through. Did Jesus becoming God human or incarnation impact the Trinity? Ooh. And did God raise Jesus as God-human or as human? Oh. Or has he returned to being only God pre-incarnation? That is a question. That is. Well, so uh, we won't answer all of them, but uh, a, th a couple of things it's worth saying that uh, the Son before creation, the Son of God was not in flesh. Yes. So I think... Uh, <laughs> this moment is a fun one to have, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I get a little hairs on the back of my neck stand up when people talk about Jesus was with the Father in <laughs> eternity past. And I go, oh, no, the Son was God with the, the Father. Yes. Um, in the incarnation, the Son took on flesh, and that's who we know as Jesus Christ. Yes. Um, and that is the Son. Yeah. Um, and in flesh, that is who Jesus is the Son incarnate. He was always God the Son. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I feel awkward about saying Jesus was with the Father. And I guess that's part of the, you know, his how he was named. That's yeah. part of a particular event at a particular that's time. Right. Yes. Yeah, okay. that's right. Um, but in terms of uh, um, as Jesus was raised, we see that Jesus was raised in flesh. And it seems, so the question is, the, the questions are all actually about the incarnation. Yes. Um, which I would love us to do another thing on the incarnation. <laughs> so you're going to say, I'm not going to answer the question. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, you just said, mm. just to keep digging, mm. you just said you're nervous mm. about that kind of description about mm. Jesus. This leads me to a question that I think keeps coming up for people when they engage about the Trinity. They really want to get it right. And they fear the moment where someone else gets nervous. <laughs> That's right. And so, how do we wrestle publicly about the Trinity, which we, which we've been advocating, is yeah. to do, yeah. while still feeling conscious of getting it right? Yeah. No, say. that's a good point. Um, the, that's the, it's a tension. Yes. So partly, um, uh, don't worry about nitpickers like me. That's <laughs> one thing to say. Just you know, there's going to be nitpickers. Um, <laughs> And that's partly why I'm very reluctant to raise it with people. Yeah. You know, okay. I'm very reluctant to say, oh, look, you mentioned Jesus was with God before the creation. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm, but as you're talking, it makes me think of the early church, right? Yeah. Isn't this what the early church were doing? And hasn't that benefited us so much? It has. So it what has. you're actually advocating in us looking back at the early church yeah. as kind of heroes for us yeah, yeah. is to say, well, let's continue in their model of... Yeah saying, let's get this right, let's keep working at this, let's keep wrestling about it together mm. and not be afraid to have our barriers come down a little bit and yeah. say something and say, is, what do we reckon, is that okay? Is yeah, it, is that yeah. Okay? did I say that right? Does that and sound fair? And the person who's a little bit uncomfortable, because I think there's a contribution for you to make, which is, 
How about we... How about we talk about the sun? Like, get thing. that... Yeah, 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 how about we narrow that down? <laughs> it's that moment where when we're praying and we start by saying, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for dying on the cross. Yes. So that's not correct. <laughs> and, and it just happens sometimes. Yeah. And it's not... It's just part of being part of the community. How do we... Yeah. Talk about that together. Yeah, yeah. And love each other in that moment. Yeah. Anyway. So for that sort of thing, I would say if it, like there have been heaps of times where I've heard people pray things like that, and um, if I hear it a couple of times, that's when I go, "Hey, can I raise something with you?" Yeah. A couple of times I've heard you pray. I don't know if you've realised, but you've prayed, "Father, thank you for dying on the cross for us." Did you know you prayed that? Yeah. Almost every time, people have said, "Have huh? I?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I've said it a couple of well, times. That sounds like a good conversation to have. Yeah. yeah. And they go, oh, I'd never realised I said that. I said, yeah, yeah. I just, yeah, I just thought I should raise it because I've yeah. heard you say it a few times. Just want to make yeah. sure. I'm yeah. sure I have. At some point. Anyway, <laughs> we need to keep moving. We okay. need to keep moving. Uh, we're going back to modalism. Okay. Back so to modalism. We're going. <laughs> Finally, Joe gets to go <laughs> to back to modalism. No. <laughs> to investigate modalism. Yeah. So it's it was one of the key errors. Yeah, it was one of the first errors. One of the first errors yeah, yeah. that was identified by the early church. Yeah. A guy came along, Sibelius. Sib- yeah, Sibelius, something like that. No, no, not Sibelius. Sibelius is a Finnish composer. Oh. Yeah, I always get it very confused. They're not the same person? Sibelius and Sib- oh, Sibelius, okay. I think, is the okay. Holy Spirit, the, the modalism guy. Yeah, right. I just assumed he liked music. <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we've got modalism. Can yeah. you have it? Let's go through it again because yeah. it's one of those ones that's hard to hold. Okay, it's the, uh, well, this is the, uh, the Trinity is like, like water illustration. Ah, that's modalism. That old chestnut. Yeah, yeah. The one where people, where people go, you know, the Trinity is like water. It's got three states. It's like ice, which is a solid. Gas. And then like a gas and then a liquid. Yeah. That's like God type thing. And so that's basically what, uh, what modalism is. Uh, that's the ice heresy. Uh, and so they say that the, uh, that the Father, um, no, not the Father, that God revealed himself to the Jews as Yahweh. Mm. God revealed himself uh, in the New Testament as Jesus, Mode changed change. modes, and then after the resurrection, revealed himself as the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah, okay. and so uh, part of the thing that they're trying to do, so they're trying to hold on to the oneness of God. So there's one God, and how come we can do all these things? Oh, it's because he's just changed modes. Okay. And so there's an attempt, you know. Yeah. 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 What does that lead to? Oh, bad things. <laughs> and do we see it? Now, oh, yeah, is it so just a, p- a past thing. No, no. So it's it's not as not as uh, prevalent. prevalent. Mm. Yeah, it's good word, good word. Uh, but there are churches around. There's even church in Toronto, in okay. Newcastle. Yeah, which is um, a modalist church. Okay. Um, there's a couple of big churches in Asia. Okay. But yeah, so it's a prev- it's not a huge idea, but it's pre- what, what, what? prevalent. Prevalent. Yes. Well, it's not a, yeah. Anyway, let's continue. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's uh, yeah. So I would say with the early church, it's a dangerous idea. Yes, mm. yes, it is dangerous. Let's talk about why. Okay. Um, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> you wanted to return that no, the uh, so a couple of things that it does the um, well for, first of all it denies what we see in the Bible. So places like. In John 17, the son, here's Jesus praying to his father about the, the glory they shared in, mm. in eternity past. If you're a modalist, then that's just a lie. Mm. It's just a pretend. It's just a facade. Even just when Jesus is talking in the upper room as well in John, yeah. and he's saying, I'm going to the father yeah. and I will send the spirit. Yeah. There's an indication there that he's not just 
switching, mm. but he's going leaving. Yeah. He will no longer be with them. It's not just a different form. It's a different person. Yeah, and so one of the things is it undermines our faith in Jesus' words. Mm. You know, yeah, okay. you, you have to twist Jesus' words so much to be able to hold on to the idea that he's yes. just, that the forms change. Yes. And what, what is the big, you know, question it raises, essentially, modalism? Um, well, I, I don't know about a big question. I think it leads to lots of things. I, almost all, almost, uh, almost all, I think most, most errors, most Trinitarian heresies end in works. You actually, one of the big things, one of the big things you lose is grace. Yes. Uh, so, for example, with modalism, you, you start working out, oh, okay, what happens, what happens at the cross in modalism? How can you have a father pouring out his wrath on the son in love, you actually have a God who is pretending to do something. The, the cross is actually a facade at that point. It's not real. Um, if there's just a switch happening. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, um, the promise of forgiveness, of true forgiveness, of debt paid mm. is a pretense. Mm. It's not real. Um, I think the other thing it does uh, so, well, I should say part of the reason that modalism was interesting in the early church was because it made out that the latter version's mode of God was more real. And so, ah. yeah, so it was an idea that, um, that God was like this and then, this, and then in Jesus, um, it, was, uh, it was a way of writing out a lot of the Old Testament. Like God's not like that, God's not like this. He has changed. And then in the spirit, he has changed again. Okay. So it's not just a change in mode, it's a change in character. Almost like a progression idea. That's right. Okay. And one of the big things we lose with modalism is we lose access to God. Mm. So um, this is worth just going through a little, for a bit. Um, if God presents a face like this to us and then presents a face like this and then presents a face like this, what you're actually asking is, well, who's the God behind it? It raises a big question, do I actually know God? And the answer has yes. to be no. Yes. I can't actually know God. I can because know... he changes and he's unreliable. Yeah, is he going to change again? Mm. Is he going to undo what he's done? Mm. It, like, it, it, it puts a God behind a veil, mm. and so you can't actually know... know him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, okay. Which is one of the big things that the Trinity allows us to do, that the Trinity promises or um, provides for us, is that in um, what we have with... The Father and the Son and the Spirit is the Father who reveals himself through the Son in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at Jesus, we are looking at the person of the Son who reveals the Father because they are one God. Mm. So if you, if you just, the, the other problem, if you have tritheism, you could say that there are three gods. Mm. And that means that the Son can't reveal the Father and the Son can't no, reveal the Spirit. Yeah. And so you want to say there is one God. And so the Son can truly reveal God mm. and the Father reveals God and the Spirit reveals God. But the way they do that is together. Yeah. They work together to reveal. And so we... So, Rather than shifting, yeah. there's a continuous mm. revealing of the one being of God in a three different persons. Yeah. So okay. when we talk about illustrations, one of the very first illustrations um, that the early church had... Um, it's actually brilliant. I don't know why we don't use it as much, but it's that the, the Son and the Spirit are the right and left hand of the Father. Hmm. And they work together. So as the Father is... So the picture is of a, uh, of a craftsman. Yeah, okay. 
okay. that the that the Son and the Spirit work together with the Father. What the Father wills, the Son institutes, and the Spirit Continues. makes happen. Yeah. yeah. So they work together, and so the hands are involved together, and it's one action type thing. Yes. Now, there's heaps of problems with that illustration because oh you can separate them. You can say, well, that bit's there, and that bit's there, and that type of thing, and they're not persons, and all those type of things. Um, but it's not a bad illustration in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Okay. What about, as I'm thinking, as you're talking about adoption, you talked about how heresies about the Trinity always put grace at risk. Yeah. Let's return to that idea. Yeah, yeah. Let's dig just deeper into that for really only about two minutes. Okay, We've sure. got to get on to another one. Okay. We could spend so Grace much time. and modalism. Yes. Um, well, I think that comes down to, to the cross. Mm. So we end up having a, um, a, a God who says... Um, Oh, it just raises heaps of questions. How can I know? Yeah. How can I know that my sins are paid for? Mm. If if God has changed modes, well, no, there's been no payment for sin, mm. and so I can't have confidence that my sins are paid for and that mm. they they are they are taken care of. An adoption. Yeah. If I if uh, all the promises of the New Testament that we're adopted mm. they are all based on us being united with jesus and having the same relationship with the father that jesus has with the father but if jesus doesn't have a relationship with the father if jesus is just a mode of one god presenting a different face then we're not yeah we're not yeah we're not inheriting yeah. sonship with jesus yeah that's mm. right yeah we end up going um there is a god out there who has presented these faces to me and i still don't know how to get near him mm. and so all i'm left with is what i can do it's a sad reality. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, so we've gotten, we've understood Sibelius modalism. Yeah. Let's move on to the next guy. Yeah, yeah. Arius. Arius. Arianism. Arianism. Heresy named after him. Yes. Well, Not what a great honor. What a way to go down in history. <laughs> what was he on about? Okay, so the second big heresy that actually took the early church. Um, quite by shock because it was quite um what was we looking for it's quite uh, nuanced is that uh they wanted to say well we've got we've got one god and we want to worship jesus and so what let's say that jesus was the first created being that he's above all else and that god the father that sorry not god the father you have god makes himself a father by creating Jesus and then creates the world through Jesus. So essentially God yep. being yep. becomes a father by creating a son. Yep. And so you end up with with so the son becomes a semi-god or so like derivative. Semi-god? What's the word? Demigod. 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 Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And so they can still worship the son mm -hmm. um, and they can worship the father through the son mm -hmm. and they can tick a lot of poxes, you see. And so they, uh, they end up saying that this is what, um, uh, this is how we can, we can make it work. It means we can say there's one God um, or 1.5 gods and we can say there are two persons or you can say th three persons so the issue of the Holy Spirit didn't really come up until after this um, okay. but everyone kind of went yeah the Holy Spirit's God and so when the question got asked everyone went yeah it's Holy Spirit's Whatever. God yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we've worked out Jesus we're done um, the, and so they would go so they could hold on to the, that particular idea and this is where a guy if people heard of him um, 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 Athanasius was one of the uh, one of the church oh, fathers, church yeah, fathers. Uh, had come in, and he did lots of great work having those big debates mm. going, 
well, hang on, this means that, that means that, that means that. Uh, so that was, that was one of the heresies. Um, the, oh, there was an illustration that works for that, that people use. The sun? The sun, that's right. Uh, that the idea that there's uh, the sun in the sky, not the S-O-N, S-U-N. S-U-N, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, uh, it has rays of light coming to us and that light provides warmth, which when you do some physics, it's not exactly how it works. But anyway, uh, and, so you, and so they say, well, the Father is like the sun in the sky and the rays of light is like like Christ and the Holy Spirit is the warmth that it's bringing. Okay. And it's actually a really pretty it's, image. It's a little, it's a, it's a cuddly You're trying hard, aren't you? I yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what was wrong about it? Like what, Yeah. how do we understand this better? How do we dig from the understanding of it into? Yeah, so you can, you can do a few things. You can go from the point of, well, does that fit with what the Bible says about particular things? And so you've got bits like James, uh, sorry, John uh, 17, where Jesus talks about the glory he had with the Father before the creation of the world. Uh, and that's, um, that, so Hebrews 1 is a good place to go. So Hebrews chapter 1, verses, whoa, I think 3 and 4. Yeah, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. So uh, the, the idea there is the sun is able to fully represent mm. the, the Father. There's no, there's no loss. There's yes. no... Derivative sen- nature to... Yeah. Demi-nature to... Yeah, that's right. Similar to Colossians 1.15, yep. um, which is a really important verse for thinking about all this. So Colossians 1.15, the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He's before all things and in him all things hold together. So you can see here that you've got, if you're an, if you're, if you're Aryan, you're going, oh, see, he's the firstborn of all all creation. Let's take on that particular word. And if you're the rest of the church, you're going, well, hang on, for in him all things were created. So you can't have all things and him not be part of it. You, mm-hmm. Either he's part of the all things that were created or he's the one through whom they're created. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the, the type of the tension that, that yeah. they have there. Yeah. Does John 1 fit there as well? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Um, just because it's a classic. It's a classic. Classic verses from the Bible with Joe and Dave. <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> John 1, I'll get there. Yeah, in the beginning was the Word. So this is talking about, bef- it's picking up the language from Genesis. Genesis 1. Mm. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So at that point, you've got how can God make something through him that the one through whom all things were made? So uh, you've got parts of the Bible that push against the idea that Jesus was a created... Created being. Yeah, that's right. And so so when when Arius was saying the way to account for Jesus being a human is to say that he was created by God, the being of God, Mm. and that created the Father as well, Mm. ushered in a particular relationship, we would say, no, there's heaps of evidence to say that from eternity eternity past, past, God the Father and God the Son Mm. were coexistent Mm. eternally with God the Spirit, and that the creation that came into reality Mm. was done 
by them. Yeah, yeah, was done by the Father through the Son in the Spirit. Yeah, there's this common phrase that comes out. It's actually in, um, it's in... By the Father, through the Son, in the Spirit, did you say? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, just come to Ephesians 2 verse 18 with me. It's one of those places where Ephesians is one of the later books in the New Testament, later in terms of um, when one it's of written. Yeah, yeah. So one of Paul's last books, mm. I suppose. Three eight, sorry, two eighteen, um, and we get this little, little refrain. Two eighteen. I'm looking at the wrong one. Two eighteen. No, two. There we are. Uh, for through him, through Christ. What verse are you at? Uh, Ephesians two eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For through. Him through Christ, we both have access to the Father by the one Spirit. So we have access to the Father through the Son by the Spirit. There's this, there's this commonality that's there. This is how we know God. Through the, we know the Father through the Son in the Spirit. So for people who might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed right now... Of what? How could you feel overwhelmed? <laughs> of all the information we've discussed and looking into early church heresies, mm. and what the early church was really trying to specifically agree mm. about, this could be something we could take away as something we could think about yeah. uh, that's really actually really clear um, that we have access... Say it again. Right, access th- uh, to the Father through the Son. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. Yeah. And that's Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. That yeah. would be something we could have a think about and try and build just a little bit of a yeah. rhythm in saying. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. We are almost out of time. Oh, what? Okay. I know, but you need to just quickly help us understand okay. the, the implications of Arianism, and then we will have sure. time for... One or two questions. <laughs> so keep bringing your yeah, questions cool. through if you would like. Uh, so th- what you have with Aaron is, is actually a very similar thing to what you had with modalism, that you lose access to the Father. Yeah, it's okay. okay. So it's a very similar implication. Yeah, that's right. As soon as, you, uh, as soon as you put someone in between you and the Father, that mediator has to be able to... Um, being able to mediate God is not a little thing. <laughs> all right? So th- to be able to mediate God, you have to both... Be God and human. Yes. You have to be, be both. And so if the Son is not fully God, is not one with God, then he cannot he bring us to God. He cannot make us one with God. Yeah. Um, he might be able to make us one with himself, mm. but he can't make us one with God. Yeah. And so what you end up with, uh, with Heronism is uh, a view that says... Um, what it ends up being is that um, you, this relationship with Jesus gives you a certain access to God that the um, was similar to the Son, but you have to do more to be right with God. Right. It leaves a gap between yes. you. Yeah. And it's not only a gap in works and for salvation and that type of thing. It's actually a gap in knowing God. Yes. Can I know God truly? Can I know what he's like? And which comes back to your image of a veil earlier. Yeah. And that they're being something behind the yeah, person's... that's right. Mm. Yeah, which okay. is one, one of the things coming out of this, that even in that Ephesians verse, it says we have access to the Father. That's the big hope and promise that, uh, that, uh, that, that grappling with the idea of the Trinity provides us, that when I look at Jesus by the help of the Spirit, I know, I know the Father, and in that, I know God. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I'm not distant from God. God's not holding me back. And as we were talking about the picture of worship, it means we, we can 
respond to him mm. and praise him and live for him mm. and relish knowing him yeah. fully and there's no like boundaries towards that or even stepping stones like Jesus isn't the stepping stone to talk to God the Father yeah. or whatever. It's yeah, that's that we right. have access to. Yeah, so that's why we pray. We pray to the Father in the spirit. It, mm. We say in the name of this of your in the name of the Lord, the Lord, Jesus. Lord Jesus Christ. Um in the name of Christ, whatever it is, like we're, what we're doing is we're coming to the Father with a name badge on <laughs> saying, I'm praying to you in the same status as your eternal son. Mm. That, that's, that's how I'm talking to you, God, yes. as though I'm your son. The Abba Father yeah, that we have. That's right. And that, that's, how can we do that? Well, the Spirit helps us. The Spirit's yes. the one that leads us into that. We are so, so close to needing to finish, okay. David. Okay, what have we got? Um, <laughs> um, James and Bills, glad you're appreciating the song choice earlier. If you missed that, go way back to the early start of the feed and you will enjoy some special tunes from James and Bills. Uh, Rochelle Smith, I'm glad I gave you a lol when I described uh, that sun analogy as a cuddly illustration. That was a really high moment. I'm glad I made you laugh. Um, one question for you, David. Yeah. How did Jesus experience death and separation from God if he is God? Did he stop being God for a while? Oh, great question. And, you know, so how much time have we got? A minute. Yeah, great. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we, don't have, we don't have Jesus because uh, there, there's one God. And so you can't separate the one God. What we have is a, um, between the persons. So uh, at the cross, there's this internal thing happening within the trinity between the father and the son through the spirit because hebrews 9 20 something says through the holy spirit um, we have the person of the father pouring out wrath on the person of the son the son taking on the wrath of the father in the one being mm -hmm. it's not doesn't separate the being it's not one being punishing another being mm -hmm. It is the uh, the father, the sorry, person, the person of the, of the father, father um, pouring out wrath on the person of the son, um, but they are still one God. There is one being that's happening in. Mm. The best illustration I can think of is what it, how is how forgiveness hurts us. So, um, mm. uh, so if someone punched me, if someone hurt me, not punch. That's a terrible illustration. But if someone hurt me really deeply. Um, and I felt so wronged. What I want is justice. What I want is revenge. Mm -hmm. What I want is to for the rights to be done and for punishment to happen mm -hmm. because it's the right thing to happen. Um, forgiveness isn't forgetting. Anyone who's been truly wronged knows that forgiveness is not forgetting. Mm -hmm. Forgiveness hurts. Mm, it costs. It burns inside. Mm -hmm. I think that's the closest illustration to what happens at the cross. Mm -hmm. God was burning on the inside. Mm. as his relationship between the father and the son it was true forgiveness and it could only be true forgiveness from god because he is one being and three persons if you lose the one being three persons if you have two beings it falls apart no it falls apart because then if this is the other issue with arianism just go back to that if jesus is separate from god mm. and he's perfect it's just awful it's unjust mm. god is doing something Unjust. unjust. Yeah. Yeah, unjust. Injust? Unjust. Unjust. Okay, good. Glad you're here. Uh, <laughs> God's doing something unjust by punishing an innocent being. Yes. That's yes. not fair. God wouldn't do that. Oh. 
There so, is so much more we could discuss, David, but we oh. are out of time. Where have we been? Well, we started thinking about how to approach this question. We talked about our early church forebears uh, who wrestled and wrestled over a number of hundreds of years and uh, we are deeply indebted to them in their hard work. Oh, yeah, and we stand on the shoulders of giants. We, and it's a model for us yeah. to keep wrestling and trying to understand the spirit, um, not the spirit, God mm. as a triune God together. Yep. And then we wrestled, we dove into two key heresies, modalism, Arianism, David. Would you be able to pray for us oh, as I we hope. finish up, that we would be able to glean some truth from this time, be encouraged, share that with others, know God better, most of all. That will be a joy. Thank you. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Father, we are so thankful that we can come to you with the grace that you have shown us in your Son, in sending your Son into this world to take the punishment that we deserve, that we can come to you with the hope burning within us in through your spirit drawing us to you father we thank you so much for your gracious act towards us to draw us to you to forgive us and to graciously give us the status of sons mm. with your son christ jesus father this is a big topic and we don't just want to put it aside we we, we do want to know you we want to relish in what you've revealed of yourself to us. And we want to enjoy you because you are the God of love. Father, please help us to keep doing this. Please help us to be open to correction and making mistakes and working this through. And please help us to keep maturing in this. And please bring us to the day where we will stand with you as your sons in Christ Jesus through your spirit. We pray this in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave. Well, a, a verse to take home uh, for tonight would be Ephesians chapter 2, verse 18. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. That'd be one you could keep thinking about this evening and tomorrow. But let me invite you to do three things. Firstly, if you have not yet subscribed to the Hunter Bible Church YouTube channel, click that subscribe button down the bottom of your window right now. That'll give you notifications of what's happening around Hunter Bible Church. There's been plenty more content added over the last couple of days. So songs from Sunday, if you particularly enjoyed a particular song, you can go back and watch it. Stories that we've heard throughout HBC online um, church over the last couple of weeks and so much more. So jump on there, dig in, indulge in having such great content um, at your fingertips during this season. Secondly, we would love to um, have you come back. Obviously, there is so much we have not covered, and that means we're going to need to go again. So Trinity Part 2 is coming. Watch this space, and if you've subscribed, you'll automatically find out when it's happening. So that's another reason to subscribe. And finally, we would love to see you at church on Sunday. So 10 o'clock, 4.30, 7 p.m. If you're not a member of Hunter Bible Church, if you're just investigating us, uh, we would love for you to come and join us for church on Sunday and chuck a Connect card in to let us know you came as well. That's all from us tonight. We've had a great time. Thank you, Dave, for Thanks, sharing Joe. with us, teaching us. It's been good. We hope you've enjoyed tonight, and we'll see you soon. Cool.